Hello and welcome to another episode of the Back Check, the hockey podcast where we talk about uh, historic players and whether or not they belong in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I am Riley and somewhere over there is Bill. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. And as usual, we are covering an eligible player, a recently inducted player, and a uh, old-timer in this episode. And uh, Marty Saint-Louis was just inducted... Um, it, when you hear this, it will be probably, if not weeks ago, months ago. Um, but, uh, for us, it was not that long ago, only a couple weeks. And, uh, so we're going to talk about him instead of the draft class we were talking about in the last or the Hall of Fame class we were talking about in the last episode. But first we are going to talk about, uh, Ziggy Palfi. And then our old timer is Jack Dara or Dara. I'm not really sure whether it's Dara or Dara. I'm, I feel compelled to say Dara, but anyway. Um, so we're going to start off with Zygmunt Palfi. Ziggy Palfi, all right. Um, I'm sure most people remember him from his, uh, his many good seasons with the Islanders. At one point, I do believe he was far and away their best player. He was also a king for yep. quite a bit. Um, his career, NHL from 1993 to 2006, 12 seasons, 10 were quality. He had 329 goals, 384 assists for 713 points, and a plus 83 in 684 games. Uh, he played uh, 20 minutes and 44 seconds as average time on ice since 98-99 uh, when they started keeping, keeping track of it. And uh, has an 88-point share. Ziggy Palfi is first all-time in goals per game, third in assists per game, and second in points per game among Slovak NHL players. In his draft class, 1991, Palfi, drafted 26th overall, is 7th in goals, 11th in assists, 8th in points, but 33rd in games. Uh, his era of the hundreds of players to play in at least 500 games between 93 and 2006, Palfi is 15th in goals, 7th in goals per game and points per game. Uh, 38th in assists, 28th in assists per game, 24th in points, 44th in plus minus, 14th in offensive point shares, and 23rd in point shares. Uh, he has an 82-game average of 39 goals and 46 assists for 85 points and a plus 10. His three-year peak from 98 to 2001 his 82-game average of 38 goals, 51 assists for 88 points, and a plus 15. He has no possession stats, unfortunately. Uh, his playoff stats, uh, 9 goals and 10 assists for 19 points and a plus 4 in 24 playoff games. His adjusted would be 366 goals, 418 points for 784 points. His adjusted 82-game average would be 44 goals, 50 assists for 94 points. Palfi is 22nd all-time in adjusted goals per game. He was traded once in his prime as part of a multiplayer deal for a top prospect and others. Okay, so his accomplishments. Uh, he was a top 10 player in the NHL by point shares once in 1998. He was a top 5 offensive player by offensive point shares once in 98 and top 10 four times. So also add 97, 2001, and 2003. He scored 45 goals twice, 40 goals three times, 35 goals five times, 30 goals six times, 25 goals seven times, and 20 goals eight times. He tallied 50 assists once and 40 assists five times. He scored 90 points once, 80 points five times, 60 points six times, and 50 points eight times. He was top five in goals twice, top 10 three times, top five in goals per game once, top 10 five times, 
top five in points once, top 10 four times, and top five in points per game once, and top 10 twice. And he had three all-star game appearances. Also, it's worth pointing out because he did not play very long in the NHL, only 12 seasons at a time when people usually played like 18, uh, that he played in other leagues. Uh, he led the 1994 Olympics in points on a non-meddling team. He played in the Czechoslovak Extra Liga from 1993 to 1993, where he was the Rookie of the Year in 1990. He led the league in goals once, led the league in assists once, and led the league in points twice. So that's in three years, he was the best player twice. In the Slovak Extra Liga from 2007 to 13, he led the league in goals once, led the league in assists once, led the league in points five times, which is every year he was in the league. So he was the best player in that league when he retired from the NHL. Okie doke. His great teams. He was the best forward. He co-led the tournament in points on one world champion bronze, the 03 Slovakia. He was top three forward by points on one world champion, 02 Slovakia. And a top three forward by points on one world junior bronze, the 91 Czechoslovakia. So, excuse me. Gesundheit. Um, I actually, that's funny. It almost sounded mechanical to me. I, until you said, excuse me, I, I, yeah. didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what that was. Um, I'm not having any beer, so. <laughs> so I, I feel like the whether or not Paul V belongs in the Hall of Fame really depends on like what you're willing to consider and not consider. And we were talking about this with Nilsson and Makarov, and I think we generally disagree on the value of non-NHL experience. <laughs> but to me, I look at his his dominance. Like he was not on any great teams in the NHL because he had terrible luck and he played for, um, as you said at the start of the episode, played for the Islanders and the Kings when those teams were not good. And uh, there was another team he played for in there somewhere, I think. And, and uh, you know, it wasn't his fault that he got drafted by the Islanders or whoever it was. But for the Islanders and the Kings and then very briefly played for Pittsburgh when they were just just getting better. Um, but and he also played in the lowest scoring era in a very, very long time, if not. He ever. absolutely did, yeah. And he was still a point of game player, which is pretty impressive because there, there weren't yeah. that many point of game players uh, through his absolutely. Era. And he he scored a lot. He never hit fifty goals. He never hit any of the big number, big round numbers we like, like fifty goals. But he also only played. Uh, one full season and three yeah. nearly full seasons out of 12 years. Uh, he was hurt. He missed some games a lot. Uh, he also weirdly never made a first or second team all-star game, despite the fact that some years he was in the uh, top five uh, in like the, in the offensive categories, which makes no sense to me that he was a top five, a top five in goals or something and top five in points. And yet no one decided to put him on a first or second team all-star. Um, yeah, like I mean, like I, 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 I think it's the typical European prejudice. He's European. He's not as good as a Canadian who scored like seven fewer goals in the same season or something. Um, and then when he left the league for whatever reason, he did. He was literally the best player in the Slovak extra leaguer for the entirety of the time he was there. Yeah. Um, Forward, anyway. Sorry, best forward. I don't know if there may have been better defensemen. And he he never had any good NHL teams, but when he was in international tournaments for Czechoslovakia and Slovakia, he was a star. 
And I look at this and I see a guy who is not in the Hall of Fame because he didn't play enough, basically. Yeah, I, I would completely agree with that. I mean, if you look at his stats, I think he has – you can't really count his first year because he only played five games. Um, yeah. He ended up playing mostly in the IHL. If you count his next season, it's 33 games. Those are the only two that I think he scored less – scored fewer points um, than he played games all the way up yep. until – the very end of his career, the last season with Pittsburgh, uh, and he was 42 games. Actually, no, that's not even true. He had 42 points in 42 games. Yeah, he's a point a game player for the entirety of his career, except yep. for that very first season when he probably just wasn't ready yet. And then yep. when he is ready in 95, 96, which is then we're starting to get into the um, the clutch and grab era because Jersey had won the cup. Yep. He's 81 games with 87 points. You know, 43 yep. goals, 44 assists. That's a hell of a player. Yeah, I, I, I remember to the degree that I watched him, which yeah. wasn't that much, I remember him being great. And I I kind of feel like because he was a Slovak, mm. because he was on shitty teams, he ne you know, and, and there's that whole narrative that we've talked about before with like, you know, star players, even though they're playing like, you know, 19 or 20 minutes a game are somehow expected to like carry the load for all 23 guys on the roster. Yeah. And, um, you know, because he wasn't like, I mean, he, I'm not saying he should have ever won an MVP, No. but the man, the man was in the top. He was, he was only, he only ever received heart votes once in his entire career. And I, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that the Islanders were absolute trash yeah, when he played yeah. there. And then the Kings were absolute trash when yeah. he played there. Like they were just, but, if you go by point shares, which we've talked about is flawed, yeah. he was one of the 10 best players in the league in 1998. Yeah. And right. he didn't even receive a heart vote then. Yeah. Like they, he got heart votes the year before because he scored more points. Um, yeah. And, and uh, I, I just, I look at this and I think like, for me, I see a star yeah. um, who doesn't have the totals because he chose not to play in the NHL as long as other people. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't I don't know why he left. Um, and I, uh, to me, I I see a guy who like uh, this might this might seem to some people extreme, and they're not quite the same, but who has a similar, in some ways, resume to to Korea, except for the carrying a team on his back to the final, which Paulie never did. Like he he missed a bunch of games. He. Uh, he didn't play anywhere near as long as he could have. Um, he doesn't have the totals, but if you look at like the the years, you know he was he was a good. He was one of the uh, best offensive players in the league for like four years, and I don't know. I'm I'm I don't know. For some reason, I have a soft spot for this guy, and I I'm not insisting that he belongs necessarily, but I think he's a better case than a lot of people who are in already, and some people we've talked about. I, I would totally agree with that. I mean, um, I remember there's there's qu this quirky little band that used to do a lot of stuff in the NHL for like All Star games and stuff. They're called the Zambonis. Okay. Uh, guys out of Bridgeport, so Bridgeport's the uh, the farm team town for uh, for the Islanders. And they had a they had a song called "The Wait" about how long they were waiting to get for the Islanders to get back in the playoffs. And the lyrics went, yeah. I, I can't find the lyrics anywhere online. I've been searching, but I can't find them. But it's the lyrics go something like, you know, I, when you got a guy like Ziggy Palfy. 
you should win. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about how they just couldn't win, but they've got a guy like Ziggy Palfi, you know, so the whole song's about him. It's really cool. Um, So I I distinctly remember him as sort of being like, right around that era too is when Burry had been traded to the Panthers and Burry would score 58 or 59 goals a game and the team was just trash. And you're like, he's the only guy. Like he, he scores, you know, like in Ziggy, in Palfi's case, he's scoring a point a game and you guys can't win, you know, Burry scoring a goal, you know, every game in a bit and actually a little bit more than that, um, you know, scoring, let's say a goal of two out of every three games and you guys still can't win with this guy doing this. Like how bad is the rest of your team? Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like he was punished by playing on a lot of really bad teams, but that, he was remarkably consistent as a point of game player. Like he never dipped below it until his, except for his rookie season. And he played in an era where, I mean, it was a very hard era to play in and his stats are always above a point of game on really bad teams. Oh, sorry. There's one year he didn't with the LA Kings. It was 63 games played and 59 points. So terrible. Ever so slightly fell short. But he, Uh, for his career is, Oh, he's over. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just saying like remarkably consistently, it's not like yeah. he had years where he went way over and then years that he was way under, yeah, he was yeah. consistently always over a point a game. And to your point and, and similar to Turgeon, but in a different era on the 96, 97 Islanders, when Palfi had his career high points, he had 90 points in 80 games, which, you know, in the eighties is whatever, but in 1997 is, yeah. is good. And I don't. I, I'd have to go back to see what he was that year, but it was would have been in the top five, I assume. Um, the next highest scorer on his team was Travis Green, with sixty-four. Oh boy! And then Brian Smolinski with fifty-six. And that Travis Green year—that's probably his career year. Oh, that's I'm probably sure the year that I decided Travis Green was good and was happy. Years later, when he became a Maple Leaf. Um, <laughs> I like Travis Green. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I actually, I liked him as a player, but like, you know, he was not a number one center no. and he was Palfi's number one center that year. Yeah. Um, their second line center, Marnie McInnes. This was not a good team. Yeah. They, they were rough <laughs> for a while. And, I, and, you know, when, when he moved to Los Angeles, he actually had uh, very close. So he had seasons in, uh, in Long Island where he was uh, 87, 90 and 87 points three years in a row where he actually played full seasons. Yeah. And then yeah. he had a season, two seasons in LA where he played 73 and 76 games and had 89 and 85 points. And that was 2001 and 2003. So that is like the absolute yeah. peak of the clutch and grab era. And he's still putting up well over yeah. the point a game. That's really impressive. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, reaching, he was in the top 10 in points when he wasn't playing full games, right? Yeah. Which is why he... Um, those years anyway, he was uh, top five in points per game. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I look at this guy and I see, you know, the only the only knock against him, there two, the knock against him is that he left the NHL. Yeah. And I, because I am of the opinion that it is the Hockey Hall of Fame and not the NHL Hall of Fame, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I know some people do. Um but I don't know. I look at a player and I see like he was he was a star before he came to the NHL in his own league, in the Czechoslovak league. He was a he was a star on bad teams in the NHL, and then he was a star in the Slovak league. And then when he was on, you know, Slovakia was not um, a powerhouse. 
but he, you know, what did I say? He led, he led the Olympics in points one year. Mm-hmm. Now that was amateur when they were still amateur. Um, but, uh, you know, and then he was a, quite a good player in, uh, in other years when his team was only able to, uh, you know, they won, they won one championship, but usually they were only able to get a bronze or something. I don't know. I, I think it's a compelling case. And I would personally, I know I, I said like, like Andrew Chuck being, but I would have him in over someone like Andrew Chuck or, uh, trying to think of another person we talked about who is all like career. Um, oh, there was another guy recently. Anyway, like to me, this, this, this kind of, um, individual excellence is more valuable than like scoring 600 goals over 1500 games. I, I would agree. And, and you know what I think makes the case for him too, as, and I, I just looked it up cause I couldn't remember why he'd stopped playing. Cause I was like, maybe he just like wanted to, he, you know, because the, the year before was this the the canceled season. Yeah, so he had gone home to play, so maybe once he went home, he just realized like, oh, I've kind of, you know, I've made my money in the NHL. I might as well just go home and play out my career and just kind of take it yeah. easy. You know, possible Jaeger kind of did that for a while and then came yeah. back. Um, but apparently, had uh, during the the year where they had the uh, layoff, he had two reconstructive surgeries on his uh, on his shoulder in uh, 2004 when he was still playing for the Kings. And yeah. then uh, his doctor didn't recommend a third operation, and he was just playing in points. So he had 42 points in 42 games for the Penguins, yeah. um, but apparently hadn't scored a goal since like last December 16th or something like that. And they, so they, all they quote Crosby is saying, "I don't know if he's ever gone that long without scoring a goal." Like, yeah, you know, and he's above a point a game player for his entire career. Never really had a really bad season his entire yeah. career, and then was forced out because of an injury, like those are the kind of guys that I want to be in the hall of fame where it's like through no fault of his own. Yeah. Yeah. He gets forced out of the, the game at the highest level still went back to Slovakia and like dominated that league. But he, at we, when we've seen in European hockey, except for the occasional hit where somebody gets caught with their head down, you basically don't hit anybody. So, yeah. Uh, so he, he knew he was safe. Yeah. Well, re- safer, I guess, from having it re-injured um, mm-hmm. and didn't really have to sort of, is in the NHL, you know, inevitably you're going to get, hit or you're going to hit somebody and if you've got a bad shoulder i mean that's just almost impossible to play through so yeah yeah absolutely yeah i mean i i don't know i i i think i think he has a compelling case and i think that it's easy to forget how good he was because he played for the islanders and the kings and because you know he didn't he never won a richard and and uh you know that that kind of thing but like For a few years there, he was one of the best players, one of the best forwards in the league. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and I think those people should be in. <laughs> yeah. You know you know who's a guy he reminds me a lot of? He reminds me of like Alex McGilney, except for a little more consistent. Like Much more consistent, yeah. <laughs> well, but McGilney, when he blew it up, always had like a season where you're like, oh my God, how many goals is this guy going to score? He's on fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe he was streakier, but like Paul yeah. just the consistent points and like very even in points and goals like that's yeah. and so t- to me i don't know i think he's got at least as good of a case as mcgillney does and i i'm i'm not opposed to mcgillney either but it's i you kind of have to build that case because he played a lot more games and didn't have yeah. the, um that consistent let's say 10 years of this is what i do you know yeah I'm like i've been player that's what i do i haven't done the notes for mcgillney yet mm-hmm. um so uh, i will probably get to him he's actually lower down on some of the lists than i was expecting um, so I haven't 
done the notes yet. So I, I would have to look at his actual like numbers before I, cause you know, I, I, what I remember is like the Leafs version of him, which was like <laughs> still very effective, yeah. but old and slower and definitely inconsistent. Um, they did leave the Leafs uh, in points one year, but, um, but no, I, like, I agree. Like there's a, like the thing that's impressive about Palfi is his consistency despite missing some games and, and just like, you know, you, if you adjust for era, he's even more consistent, uh, impressive, right? Like oh, a yeah. two game average of 94 points. If you adjust for era, yeah. someone who has those numbers provided you accept the premise that you can adjust for era yeah. should be in the hall of fame. In my opinion, like it's I, just, I that's, those are, those are great numbers. And, and, and like, um, like we were saying before, you know, his line mates are Travis Green and Brian Smolinski. Yeah. Uh, I, I can tell you who the other team's focusing on to s- slow down on that line. It's mm-hmm. definitely Zane Coffey, and he's yep. still a point of game player. It's like when teams would load up on, you know, when Burry was in Florida or on some of those bad Canucks teams, we're going to load up and stop Burry. I'd be like, oh, we can't. He's still going to score. Like, well, we're going to have to beat the rest of the team pretty handily then because he's going to get his points. That's yeah. just, he's one of those guys, I guess. So before we move on to, uh, Marty San Louis, uh, San Louis. I keep adding the T in there, even though I know I shouldn't. Um, I I did want to say that I remember seeing Paul uh, Ziggy at at the Spangler one year when for some reason I was watching the Spangler, yeah. and in my mind I had like told myself that the team he was on had won the Spangler, uh-huh. and so I was so I was like looking forward to like write the thing where like also best player on Spangler Cup champion, and no, they didn't win at all. <laughs> I like didn't. <laughs> All I remember is just one day, like sitting down, and I must have been bored over Christmas or something. And the Spengler was on, and and I think Canada was playing. I guess, uh, I guess it was a Slovak team. Yeah. And and I was just like, "Holy shit, Ziggy Popey!" <laughs> this is like, <laughs> I don't know when this. Is. This is probably like in 2011 or 2010 or something. And I was just like, "What? <laughs> like, what is he doing?" I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah, and like he was like he's still playing, and I just didn't, I hadn't realized that at at the time that he was, you know, um, that he was still uh, playing in, in pro hockey outside of the league. Um, I don't know if I if I can tell you what league year that was. It doesn't really matter. No, it's not. It was so unnotable. It's not even in his Wikipedia article. <laughs> they must have not done well. But like in my mind, I don't know the real that he was the winner of that year because I just was surprised that he was. But that happens with a lot of players when you're if you ever watch the Spengler, yeah. See these like former even Canadian ones, you know. Oh yeah, totally. Like got a second citizenship and have been roped into playing for like Germany or something. Yeah, yeah, it happens all the time. Also, also of note, before we finish with Ziggy Palfi, he was uh, he was only five foot ten and one hundred and eighty pounds, so he wasn't the biggest guy in the world. Yeah, which makes it even more impressive and. I don't know if you looked up any pictures of him while you were researching this, but that that hockey hair is a ten on ten. <laughs> that is great <laughs> hair. It is a brilliant mullet. Actually, um, the pictures I looked at of him had a, he had a helmet on, so I'm gonna uh, see if I can find it right now. If you go to hockeydb.com, there's a great picture of him, black and white. <laughs> he looks awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, that is some crazy, terrible hair. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. He has since cut it. Yes, I, I would hope so. But wow. at the time, though, you know, yeah, yeah. some people call it a mullet, but we call it hockey hair. <laughs> I mean, 
he even he he was ahead of the like skeleton a little bit because on some on some pictures he's he's really got really close above his ears like it's shaved practically above his ears which is just like wow that's pretty amazing yeah it's spectacular <laughs> yeah that is correct wow all right uh let's move on to uh martin san louis who was inducted in uh, june of 2018 um he was in the nhl from 1998 to 2015 um he played 16 seasons 15 of which were quality he scored 391 goals he tallied 642 assists that's 1033 points plus 37 in 1134 games his average ice time was 20 minutes and 23 seconds and for once that is his entire career he tallied 114.8 point shares he is famously undrafted but i decided to look at how he compares to other famous undrafted players since 1968 just for the hell of it so of all undrafted players uh nhl scares since 1968 san louis is 10th in goals 31st in goals per game sixth in assists 20 Second in assists per game, eighth in points, 18th in points per game, 111th in plus minus, sixth in offensive point shares, fifth in point shares, and seventh in game play, games played. So he's one of the 10 best, depending on which metric you choose, 10 best uh, undrafted players in the history of, or at least since uh, the draft came into existence. Actually, no, I chose, why did I choose 1968? Since the expansion. So there were, I guess there were a few years of the draft before that, but not that many. And it was a very small draft in the early 60s. Era uh, of the 43 players to play in at least 1,000 games between 1998 and 2015, San Luis is six in goals, assists per game, and offensive point shares. He is ninth in goals per game and point shares, third in assists, fourth in points, fifth in points per game, and 20th in plus minus. So once again, one of the five or six best players of his era. Uh, his 82-game average was 28 goals, 47 assists, 475 points, plus three. Remember, he is a winger. Um, his three-year peak was 2010 to 13, 82-game average of 29 goals, 65 assists, 493 points, minus one. And his possession stats since 2007, 2008, 49.3% uh, uh, Corsi-4, minus 0.7% relative Corsi four, so slight, just barely worse than his team, 49.3% Fenwick four minus 1% relative Fenwick four. Um, I was actually surprised by his possession stats. I thought that would be higher, but that was later in his career. Uh, playoffs, 42 goals, 40 assists, 490 points, plus one in 107 games, adjusted 40, 445 goals, 721 assists, four. 1166 points which you'll notice is higher than his uh regular stats adjusted 82 game average 32 goals 52 assists for 84 points adjusted per game uh san louis is not in the top 25 of any adjusted uh, per game category and he was never traded okay uh his accomplishments um he won the heart trophy in 2004 he won the Ted Lindsay in 2004. That was his big, huge breakout season. Uh, he won the Art Ross twice in uh, 04 and uh, 2013. Um, he won the Lady Bing three times in 2010, 2011, and 2013. He was uh, top five in heart voting one other time and top five in Selkie voting once. 
He was a top five player by point shares once in 04. He was the best offensive player by offensive point shares once in 20, uh, in 2004. Uh, he was top five twice. Uh, so if you also include 2011 and top 10, four times, if you also include 2007 and 2013. Uh, he scored 40 goals once, 35 goals twice, 30 goals seven times, 25 goals 10 times, and 20 goals 11 times. He tallied 60 assists twice, one of only eight right-wingers ever to do so. 50 assists six times, one of only seven right-wingers to do so. And 40 assists eight times. He scored 100 points once, 90 points four, four times. Uh, 80 points 6 times, 70 points 8 times, 60 points 11 times, and 50 points 12 times. He was top 5 in goals twice. He was top 5 in goals per game once and top 10 twice. He led the league in assists twice. Uh, he was top 5 4 times, and he was top 10 in assists 6 times. He was top 5 in assists per game twice and top 10 5 times. He led the league in points twice, top 10, uh, sorry, top five, four times, and top 10, five times. He was top five in points per game three times and top 10, six times. He led the league in plus minus once. He was a first team all-star once and a second team all-star four times. He made six all-star game appearances and uh, his three stars appearances, he was a weekly first star twice and a weekly third star once. Okay, so his great teams, he was possibly the best skater on one Final Four, that's the 2011 Lightning. He was a top three forward on one champion, the 2004 Lightning, um, Brad Richards winning the Conn Smythe that year, and one and a top three forward on one runner-up, which are the 2014 Rangers, and he was a top six forward on one Final Four, the 2015 Rangers, which I believe was his last or second last season, uh, last season in the league there. He was a role player by points on one Olympic champion, 2014 Canada. He was a top six forward by points on one World Cup champion, 2004 Canada. He was a media all-star and led the tournament in points on one world champion runner-up. That was the 2009 Canada team. And he was a top six forward by points on one world champion runner-up, 2008 Canada. Um, before we get into it, I would like to say that even before uh, the Lightning robbed the, the Flames of the Stanley Cup in 2004, um, I, I had because he did play for the Flames before that, right? Yeah, I had an irrational dislike of this guy, and I can't explain it. I think it was this whole thing that he was small and he had a chip on his shoulder because he was small, and he would. I feel like in interviews, he always seemed like he was like upset, um, and like had something to prove. And I'm like, you're you won two fucking Art Ross trophies, man. You have nothing to prove. Now, <laughs> to to try and show that I'm dispassionate when he was inducted and some people were like already, I was like, what? Yeah. Like you just listen to us, read off all that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, the man has won six awards. I don't think there's a single NHL player who has won six awards and is eligible to fall. If they even not in the hall of fame. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible, right? Like, yeah. I mean, there's probably nobody with four awards who isn't in the hall of fame. Yeah. Like that, he's he's a slam dunk, regardless of what I think of him as I a person. Agree with that, and I don't have any reason for it. But yeah, like, it's just that's just an irrational dislike of the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no, I have no reason. And then like the flames thing happened, and I just disliked him even more, even though like it wasn't his fault. But it wasn't his fault. He scored that incredible goal in Game Six that yeah. 
No, but I mean like the the shitty circumstances of oh, that yeah. were, were not his fault. Yeah. Um, but like the only thing you could say, the only thing you can say in in criticism, in my opinion, and you may have another, is that when it came to start, like uh, he only was like the best player on good, like very good teams twice out of the many he was on. And like that in terms of playoff points and, and stuff yeah. like that. And I guess if you were, if you had a, like a very, very exclusive hall of fame, you could use that as some kind of criterion to eliminate him. But like, that sounds like ridiculous that I'm just playing devil's advocate. Like that's a silly thing to say, I think. I, I, mean, I well, just, the, the thing is with St. Louis, um, you know, he, he was a great player. He was feisty for a little guy, but he was never dirty. I don't ever remember saying like, oh man, that guy yeah. just did something, you know, he, he didn't Brad Marchand anybody. Um, yep. He, you know, he came through uh, University of Vermont. He was, t- you know, the tiny guy. He was only five foot eight. And in those days in the NHL, if you were five foot eight, like now, you know, we've got Goudreau and Kane and all these littler guys in those days, like yeah, good luck. You're not making it. Um, yep. You know, he was so much so player. that they didn't draft them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, he was a finalist for the Hobie Baker award for the first of two consecutive seasons. Um, you know, he, some NHL team sort of started paying attention to him as he finished at Vermont. Cause he uh, finished as their all time leading scorer with 267 points in four years. Um, you know, which a record I believe he still holds. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's, but the NHL teams didn't find college players then the way they sort of do now. Yeah, yeah. Um. And you know, Calgary took a shot on him, and he just didn't sort of do what he was capable of quite yet. And you have to remember that when he made the NHL, he was he was born in '75, so he made the NHL. Um. You know, in I think his first season was '98, '98, '99. So he's 23. Yeah. So '98, '99. He's he's already you know fairly old by getting ready to make the NHL standards. Yeah. Um, and then the Flames sort of gave up on him. I'm guessing they didn't trade him. And then Tampa Bay picked him up and gave him a shot, and he just took off, you know. And then the Flames ended up kicking themselves because he's the guy who ended up beating them in the final. Yeah. Um, which has a weird tendency to happen in the NHL and other yeah. sports. Um, yeah. It always seems like that guy that slipped through your fingers ends up being the one to beat you when you finally make it through. Um, so. Uh, you know, I, I, I think he's absolutely a slam dunk, you know, coming through as an undrafted player, making it in a league where a guy of his size really didn't have a chance and then winning the Art Ross, not only in 2004 when he was at his peak, but then be, being the oldest winner of the Art Ross at age 37 yeah. in 2013, now, like a decade later, that's really impressive. Small sample size alert, but it's still impressive. Still impressive, yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, he only won it twice, but he did it at like – opposite ends of his career which yeah no, absolutely I pretty incredible i agree um, and i just wanted to point out it was a lockout shortened season but yeah. still it's yeah. incredible and it it it's also uh you know when i when i did the th- when i do the three-year peak it doesn't always work out because like you know some guys like when we get to rod brindamore it's like trying to do his three-year peak is impossible because his like three best seasons are like 15 years apart um so you just have to pick one and yeah. focus around that. But like, here's a guy who in his mid to late thirties 
was as good or better as he was in his uh was better than he was in his late twenties, mid to late twenties, at least in terms of points per game. Maybe not in terms of his all round game. Um being that he was on the lightning, I didn't watch him a ton yeah. uh, until they were in the playoffs. But like um, you know, he he really did he was very like he was he was healthy. He was very lucky. Um he only had one or one year in his earlier years where he he was like missed games due to injury, I think, because I think the games he missed in Calgary was just because he wasn't established yet. Yeah. But um he still like he went out and he excelled and then he he was um great at a late age at a time when I'm sure like I I I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast. I may have mentioned this to you, Bill, at some point. I, yeah. I do these trivia uh, quizzes online on a site called Sporkle.com. Who should sponsor us? Because <laughs> uh, I'm plugging them. And uh, I'm sure I don't remember because I haven't done the like the best years, uh, best seasons by age mm-hmm. quiz in a long time. But I bet San Luis is up there. Oh, in the late thirties yeah. uh totals because like along with people like how and 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 Recky and people like that because uh you know like scoring like you know what is it um at point eight five well point one point two five points per game when you're thirty seven but also like point eight five when you're thirty eight or whatever is is and point even point seven when you're thirty nine is pretty damn impressive oh, like yeah. that's you know, he he really did uh, had a great later latter half of his career. Absolutely, yeah. In addition to a good like earlier part too, like he. Oh yeah. He was just I I just think there's no doubt, and the fact that he got in when he was eligible immediately like that doesn't bother me at all. I don't know why people are upset about it. Yeah, well, you, you know what? To me, he's he's um he's Palfy, but with the awards and with the cup. Yeah. Um, as mu- even as much as I disagree that Tampa Bay did win that cup, because I still think that puck was in, and as much as yeah. it pains me to say that Calgary did win that Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, in in those playoffs, he had 24 points in 23 games. He had won the Art Ross with 94 points. Um, he then had a season of 102 in 2007. He yeah. had a season of 99 points in 2010-2011 uh, when they went back to the. Uh, no, that wasn't it. They went back in 20. 14. 13? Oh, that that was the year they lost to Boston in seven. So he had 20 points in 18 games, yeah. 10 goals and 10 assists. I mean, he was he was sort of the driving force on that team. And then I guess I guess that year that Tampa Bay played against Chicago in the final, he was already on the Rangers. So yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. but I'm sure they would have probably wish he would have been on their team. Well, because he had he had pretty good fun. years for the Rangers, right? And he um uh, not regular season, but uh, in, no, the playoffs, in the playoffs. In the playoffs, I mean, yeah, in the playoffs. One year, which is not terrible. Yeah. Um, He's just a consistent point producer in the way that uh, St. Louis also was without the, you know, never hit 50, never hit 50 goals, you yeah. know, lots of seasons in the twenties and thirties, uh, one season in the forties, but like a consistent, I'm a point a game player sort of production, uh, yeah. except for towards the very tail end, he really trailed off um, and was quite a bit below and his early stats were also quite a bit below. So to me, it's like he has a slightly longer Actually, nah, not really that much longer. About that same 10 years of I'm a point-of-game player. This is what I do. I'm not yeah. the biggest guy in the world, but I'm still probably the best The guy on the team that you're trying to stop, except for maybe those years where Le Cavalier was scoring 50 or the years where Stamkos had come in and was scoring a bunch of goals. 
he's one of yeah. those two guys that you're trying to stop, you know, and he yeah. consistently put together those seasons. So he's like Palfy, except he won all the, he got all the accolades that Palfy never seemed to get. You know, he did yeah. win the Art Ross. He did twice. He did win a cup. He did go really far in the playoffs, you know, so that sort of stuff that Palfy doesn't have. So yeah. if we're, to me, if we're debating Palfy and saying like, I think he's got a pretty good case. If St. Louis that plus, a cup and two Art Rosses and great playoff performances. Not to mention a Hart and a Pearson. Exactly. I mean, he's you know, to, to, to me like every year those are sort of like, eh, you you know, if you were if you were meant if you were nominated for them, I'm almost like that's almost the same as winning because sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. some years there's a slam dunk like it's no question, but a lot of years it's like pretty debatable as to who should win it. Um, but I think if you win the Art Ross, like. There's no well, arguing with that. I mean, <laughs> let me just say that at least by hockey references, point share metric, which as we've said is flawed, mm -hmm. he was the best non goalie candidate in that year that he won yeah. the heart. Exactly. Yeah. And in fact, if you look at the point shares, the top mm -hmm. 10 in point shares yeah. that year, there are three forwards on it and seven goalies. Wow. Uh, because goal, well, I mean, this is, this goes into a whole other uh, issue that we could probably get really really lost into but like yeah. you know whether or not goalie should win the heart um yeah. like it's anyway, i don't want to get started on that because i will never shut up about it but, but in, um but in that era too like just goes to show how important goalies were in that era because yeah. the scoring was down so much yeah but if you if you uh if you accept the premise that the award is for skaters or yes. should be for skaters mm -hmm. Unless for some reason you decide it's for goalies, which is the way the NHL operates, um, then like he was the best candidate that year. There, I I don't think you can look at that and say it's controversial. Um, there are lots of other, as we will get to in time, there are lots of other heart trophies that are very controversial. But I think San Luis is as slammed as as solid as there is. Like I have no problem with it at all, and I didn't like the guy. Like I have no problem with it. Yeah, I, I would agree. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I remember like, and you know, this is, you shouldn't read comment sections, but I definitely saw some people being like, already? Or like, like, really? And I was like, what? You don't, what? He should wait. Why should he wait? Yeah. He's, he's, you know, he, look at his trophy case. It's ridiculous. You, exactly. when you look at players up on hockeyreference.com, they have all the, the trophies over in the top right corner. Yeah. And like, you know, some players like Paul Fever, for example, when you when you click on them and you look at them, they don't have a lot there. And San Luis is just gigantic yeah. for for a guy who is not like Yager or Howard yeah. or somebody or yeah. Gretzky. You know, like Paul Fee doesn't have anything, and uh, you know, uh, San Luis got uh, seven different things. Yeah. Now one of those is being inducted to the Hall of Fame, but still, still um, I don't think there's any question. And I, I think that he. He absolutely deserved it, and uh, good for him that he. And I'm glad that he didn't have to wait, even though I, when he was a player, I did not like him for no rational reason. I just... <laughs> he must have said something in an interview once that I don't even remember that like rubbed me the wrong way, and after that, I was just like, "Damn you!" <laughs> and then, like, because you know, it wasn't it wasn't the way he played. Obviously, yeah. like you said, he was not a dirty player, so it had nothing to do with that. It had nothing to do. It was completely irrational. It was really, really dumb. All right, um, so I guess we should move on to uh, Jack Dara or Dara, Dara. I don't know. There's, I guess it's like Scottish or something. You could like, you know, 
do grunt or or <laughs> somehow I don't know where like where he was born, but I do not know either. But that um, oh, he was born in Ontario. Oh, there you go. No accent then. Um, yeah. All right. So I'll fly through this uh, this man's career and we'll get to talking about him. So he was uh, in the NHL from 1917 to 1921, and then 1922 to 24. He played six seasons in the NHL and five were quality. He played 66 games, 12th at his re- uh, sorry, he had 66 goals, 12th at his retirement, 46 assists, which was seventh at his retirement, 412 points, which was 11th in 121 games, which was 16th, uh, and he had a 10 point share which was 17th at his retirement dara was uh, 13th in goals per game fifth in assists per game and 11th in points per game minimum 82 games at his retirement dara was 11th all points uh, all time in offensive point shares so that's 11th all time in offensive point shares his 82 game average 45 goals 31 assists for 76 points uh, he had a three-year peak from 1918 to 1921 uh, and a 24-game average of 18 goals, 12 assists for 29 points. Um, the playoffs, uh, three goals for three points in 11 games. Uh, his adjusted would be 89 goals, 218 assists for 397 points. Which is absurd. <laughs> yep. Uh, his adjusted 82 game average would be 60 goals, 148 assists for 269 points. Bye bye Gretzky's record. Um, <laughs> Dara is fifth all time in adjusted points per game. If the qualifier is set at 82 games, uh, he was never traded in the NHA seasons from 1910 to 1917. They were seven seasons and they were all quality with a question mark. Cause we're not hundred percent sure. Uh, 122 goals, probably eighth all time. 16 assists, as high as 14th all-time, for 138 points, as high as 8th all-time, in 132 games, which is maybe 2nd all-time. Dara is as high as 8th all-time in goals per game and points per game, and 12th all-time in assists per game if the minimum is 82 games. Uh, His 20-game average, 18 goals, 2 assists uh, for, I'm going to guess that's... I rounded. You rounded out oh, 21 points. Okay, thank you. Um, he did not calculate a three-year peak. Because that's really hard. Yes. It's in, in these leagues. Borderline impossible. Because <laughs> well, I don't even, like, at least hockey reference with the NHL, you have yeah. per-game stats, yeah. per-game numbers. You yeah. don't with the NHA. I, ha- I would have to figure them out and then figure out which was his best year. Oh, goodness. And I'm not doing that. That, yeah. that feels like a lot of effort. Seems like it might be a trip to the library. Yeah, um, yeah. Playoffs, six goals for six points in seven playoff games, and he was never traded in the NHA either. All right, so his accomplishments. He was a top 10 offensive player uh, by offensive point shares twice in 1919 and 1920. He was also a top 10 defensive player by uh, defensive point shares once in 1920, and I believe that is because uh, you can't trust these point shares back in the 20s, but it could have also been because he briefly played defense i don't remember and i should have written that down there's an asterisk in my notes ah. with, with no actual like note as to what it means so i'm gonna guess that means he played defense probably 
Uh, he scored 20 goals once. He was top 10 in goals three times. He was top 10 in goals per game twice. He led the assist a league in assists once, and he tied the single season record the year he did that. He was top five twice and top 10 three times. He led the league in assists per game once and top five twice and top 10 three times. He was top five in points once and top 10 four times. He was top five in points per game once and top 10 four times. In the NHA, he was top five in goals once, top 10 three times. He was probably top 10 in goals per game three times, as far as I know. He might have been top 10 in assists twice. He was possibly top 10 in assists per game twice, but it might have been once, might have been never. Um, it's hard to, uh, they only have, we only have the top 10 scores per year and assists were not uh, given very often. So we don't, we can't see the assist leaders. Um, at least uh, with the sources we use. He was top five in points once, top 10 three times. He was probably top 10 in points per game three times. Um, but like other players we have mentioned, it's worth noting that though he may have been in the top 10 in terms of points per game, he had slightly more than half of the point per game leader um, in all three seasons. And that there was uh, Jack Walker, I believe, was the other uh, person we talked about who was like that, where he was in the top 10 in terms of points per game. But... It sounds better than it actually is. Uh, just to remind... Oh, sorry. Great teams are you. Yes, the great teams are me. Dara played his career when the Stanley Cup was still vied for between different leagues. So he was a top three forward by points on one Stanley Cup champion, the 1923 Senators, and one NHL runner-up, the 1919 Senators. And on one Stanley Cup champion when there was no NHL playoff, the 1920 Senators. He was a top six forward by points on one Stanley Cup champion, the 1921 Senators, and one NHL runner-up, the 1924 Senators. He was a top three forward by points on one NHA champion Stanley Cup runner-up, the 1915 Senators, and a reserve, maybe, <laughs> by games played on one Stanley Cup champion from the NHA, the 1911 Senators. So not, not, not a lot is known about how important... Yeah roles are back then but he was on, on quite a number of runner-ups and uh and cup champions. he was kind of unlucky in the runner-up regard yes. um yeah i mean i look at this guy's resume and i i think i have no quibbles um you know he wasn't by any means the best player of his era no but he was like. good oh yeah um, it seems like and, he was consistently top 10 in just about everything there is to measure it by so yeah and and he he was, uh, despite the fact that so few assists were tracked, he was among the better passers, um, at least in the NHL, and leading the league in uh, assists once. And I mean, I, I don't know. I, I when you know we talked about, I think it was Walker, and you know had had all those Stanley Cup wins in like four different or three different leagues, and and. Yeah. And people are like, oh, be in the Hall of Fame. This guy, he had less luck. He was on a bunch of runner-ups instead, but he had a far more, far more impressive regular season numbers. Yep. And you know, to the extent that you have any kind of control over this, you have more control over your regular season than your playoffs. Because, like, if if you if you lose in like a, a winner go home game, that's it. There's yep. you know nothing you can do about that. And uh, at least regular season, you know you're playing 24 games or 20 games or whatever the season was back then. I, I have no, I have no issues. Uh, do I. I? I don't think we know enough to say that he doesn't belong. And I think yeah. the stats bear out that he was definitely a top 10 player for 
you know, pretty much the entirety of his career. So I don't see yeah. any reason why we'd, we'd say he doesn't belong. You know, if he's already in, yeah. I say we leave him in. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he was good in both leagues, right? He played in two different exactly. leagues and he was, he was good in both of them and um, more than good. Yeah. And, you know, so he, he had some bad luck when it came to Stanley cups. Um, yeah. He did win. How many did he win? Uh, two, um, I believe. Uh, and the rest were, oh, no, three, he won three, but, um, the rest were, uh, but you know, every, it was easier to win three back then. Um, the rest were runner-ups. He could have, he clearly could have won more had he had a little more luck. He might have won six or something. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a you know, this is the kind of player you want in the hall without, like you said, without knowing more about him. Um, yeah, he he's no he's no Newsy Lalone. He's no uh, Joe Malone. Yeah, he's no side identity. He's no Cyclone Taylor, but like, he's I, he's on the next tier, I would guess. He might. I don't. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering Didier Petra's resume, but I feel like they're not that far off. Yeah, well, you know, like to to, to me, any player who for his entire career is a top ten in just about everything, I'm pretty sure that guy's can be considered great. Yeah, and should be going in. You know. Yeah, yeah Actually, absolutely. He had, a, he had a fairly long career for that era too. Yeah, he did. Um, he played uh, for you know it, into the mid twenties, and yeah. he was already pro in 1910. So yeah. that's you're absolutely right. He uh, though it's funny, you know, a lot of these guys we look at, they did. You know, it, it seems like one of the things that gets you into the Hall of Fame when you played in the 19 teens and 1920s is if you played for a really long time. Yeah, well, because that like, means you actually made it to the NHL too. Yeah, because most of the guys we've talked about so far have had, unless they were stopped short by injuries, some of the guys have played for a really long time, right? Like well, In those days, it was probably just like, well, I could go and work in that steel mill and probably lose a hand, or I could keep playing hockey, even though I'm not as good as I once was, and I, they'll still pay me, uh, you know, yeah, $100 a season, which is basically I'm a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, because yeah. like... Yeah, I mean, like, we don't know what the salaries were in, say, like, the senior amateur leagues or the yeah, minor pros, but, right. like, people were do people were playing as long as they could in those leagues yeah. back then. For sure, yeah. Like, and a few of these guys played in the 30s in, in senior, either in senior A or in, uh, like, minor pro. Yeah, well, it's just like the old... Um, I was just at the Baseball Hall of Fame, so, of course, I'm going to have to make some sort of a baseball reference, but it's yeah. like the old days when Ruth and those guys would go on a barnstorming tour during the offseason just go, yeah. Hey, we can make a lot of money if we go to this town and play one like random exhibition game. Let's yeah. go see what we can do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Shoot yourself off because you're somebody that people, you know, I will pay, you know, 25 cents of old timey money to see Babe Ruth hit a ball uh, over a train, you know? I will pay to see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it... marketing themselves, really. It makes sense from both perspectives. So, like, you understand why fans would want to see that, and you understand why the players would want to keep doing it because they were not making a hell of a lot in their supposed day jobs. So, exactly, and you know, if if, if uh, you know if, if players didn't have advertising money and didn't make them the amount of money that they did now, they'd probably still be doing that. <laughs> yeah. And now they do yeah. it for charity. You know, they'll go and play in a ball hockey league uh, for you know half a day and not try very hard just to show up and sort of raise some money for charity. But, you know, in the old days, they actually really needed the money. So they did it for them. You know? Yeah. So I, I feel like I've, I've listened to a couple of our uh, previous episodes lately, just 
I guess you could say for quality control purposes, but not really because they were already posted when I listened to them. Uh, but one of the things I noticed that we don't always do is we don't always recap at the end. No, we do like, not. Our votes, if if you will. And yeah. so I feel like we should do that. So um, if we hadn't done it previously, I feel like we should inaugurate it today. Yes, we should. Be like votes, yay or nay, or I don't care, yeah. abstain, I guess, um, and make this a tradition going forward. That sounds great. So, so Palfy, yay or nay? I'm going to go with yay. Me too. Uh, Martin Saint-Louis. Obviously yay. <laughs> yeah, ditto, ditto. This is really controversial. We're yeah, it's controversial. Be at, each other, be at each other's throats because of this. Uh, Jack Dara. Obviously a yes for me. Yeah, yay as well. Okay, anyway, I mean... Yeah. It's, it's a good you, idea for us to recap that so that people in the sort of know where in case they forgot what we had said about Palfi, but I think just, yeah, you know, like well, it's, it's one of those things I think you could only disagree with the Palfi thing if yeah. you're big on trophies and cups. Yes. Otherwise, I think it's like pretty much the same career as St. Louis as far as I'm concerned. So. I, I agree that like the big knock against him is, is the lack of awards. Yeah. and the lack of cups and i think you could also say he only played 684 games but i yeah. you and i both sort of think that's silly um it's no i just i can't remember which episode it was but i listened to a recent episode of ours and i had forgotten by the end of it because we sometimes talk for a very long time that yeah. like i forgot what we had said about one of the players <laughs> and i was like wait a minute yeah. did we did we say did yes or no yeah. yeah anyway so um that was a window into our editorial process, apparently. We're still recording. So. Our our shabby editorial process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it's still early. It's still early. It is still early. Yeah. yeah. It is a work in progress. That's the wonderful thing about the internet. People can um, contribute. All right. Uh, so that's it for this one. And uh, we will have a, another one soon. And we don't know who we're going to talk about yet, probably. So, uh we will leave that for the next time. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Have a good one.